The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff, coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. Amber, it's going to be a good day because we got started right on time, 4 o'clock on the dot. I know, but look how nasty it is outside. (laughs) Why has it got to be like this every Thursday? Well, I don't even know what winter we're in anymore. We talked about Redbud winter, (laughs) uh, Dogwood winter. What is this? I think this is Gitchy Raft. Yes. Well, hopefully better days and sunnier days are ahead. We all know that 2020 was a rough year for everybody. Yeah. We do. There's no denying that. But did you know that Lexington's overdose deaths hit a new record in 2020? I, you know, I did not know that, and that makes me very sad to hear. There's always been a drug problem in this state, in this city, In particular, Lexington, you hear a lot of people getting on drugs in the city, but it happens all over the state. Have you ever met someone who you loved that turned to drugs? I did. Unfortunately, I lost my father to a long battle uh, against drugs and alcohol uh, about seven years ago. So I, I sympathize with with people who not only lose someone they really love, but you know I sympathize with people who have to kind of go through the addiction with those people as well. I think that we all know somebody who have who has got on drugs, who we have maybe even lost the drugs, who's had an overdose. It's a very sad thing. And 2020, there's no surprise there that the overdose. The deaths and the overdose that happened in 2020 were rampant. It was a year dominated by darkness and isolation for a lot of people, and that pushed people to turn to drugs because a lot of the times drugs is an escape that people like to use. To ex- Absolutely. They like to escape reality. And 2020 was the perfect year to want to escape reality. It was horrid. It very. So there's no surprise there. It says here that, Addicts stuck at home, not able to be with support groups and idle hands, leading to more than 200 overdose deaths in 2020. In just Lexington alone? In just Lexington alone. Oh, man. Also in Lexington, at least 209 deaths have been reported for 2020, breaking the previous record of 187 in 2017, when fentanyl became more prominent. In 2019, deaths were down to 128. So we have went up almost 60, 70 people in deaths alone just from overdoses. It's very sad. And you see a lot of people, a lot of young people getting on drugs more more today than you did back in the day. Well, are we seeing more? Is it just because it's put in our face more now? I feel like we're seeing more. And that's because of the opioid epidemic, the prescription drug medicines that we have so readily available. So I do think we see more of it. Okay. I think that if 
they would have dare back in school, <laughs> I think that a lot of these students, these young minds, would be reminded of of drugs. Did you know that dare is not even hardly taught in schools anymore? Do you first of all, do you remember dare? Absolutely, I remember dare. I don't trust people that don't remember dare, but is it sincerely not being taught in no, school anymore? Not as much. They've changed their whole format. Yeah. Dare was drug abuse resistance education. That's mm-hmm. what it stood for. Dare to keep you off drugs. And it was a really cool program that used to be in the schools. Yes. It's where somebody from your county police department came in, a cop, and talked to the young students about staying off drugs. Mm -hmm. And they tried to make them aware of drugs. There was a bunch of politicians in Kentucky uh, and just in the United States, they said that they believed that D.A.R.E. was very instrumental to the success of educating children of the dangers of drugs and how to be drug-free. So you would think that D.A.R.E. was helping people, but According to research, Amber, they said that the reason they don't have D.A.R.E. anymore is because after research, they found that D.A.R.E. really wasn't effective for young minds. And they said the reason for that is because... I'm curious about this part. They said the reason for this was because students might be more likely to go out and do drugs in spite of having an adult tell them not to do it. And it made me start thinking about the drug classes that we used to take in school, dare yeah. classes, because do you remember, can you take yourself back that far, that long ago? Absolutely. Because what were we, 11 years old? We were in the sixth grade. Sixth grade. Do you remember some of the activities that we would do? Um, I just remember we always used to get stickers, and I used to always want to collect as many of these stickers as I absolutely could. Yeah, and, and they talked about drinking and smoking pot. That was, I remember that was their biggest ones. Yeah. Smoking pot and drinking was was a big one. And and really, if they had dare in schools today, they would have to be talking about heroin and, methamphetamine and pills and meth. And, yeah. They didn't even talk about that when we were in school. Maybe I just don't remember it. But I do remember them talking a lot about pot and and <laughs> and beer. But after studies showing, here's some studies. It says uh, there were studies showing uh, findings from the 1990s. One study even suggested that D.A.R.E. students were more likely than their peers to experiment with drugs and alcohol. The authors of that study chalked that up to a possible uh, boomerang effect. It says, in an attempt to persuade resulting in the adoption of an, of an opposing position instead, it says, telling a certain type of kid that he shouldn't do drugs may simply result in him trying drugs out of spite. Buddy, we really like, you know, I'm all about science and I'm all about studies, but man, we really reach when we're looking to find a correlation between something, especially when they want to get rid of programs that are that are government funded. I just wonder how much these studies that show that there is no correlation between the kids taking away a positive effect from it and how much of the decision to phase it out was maybe something to do with budgetary constraints. Yes, I, I, I agree. It's funny when the government don't want to fund anything anymore. They'll come up with an excuse not to have it. It says D.A.R.E. was founded in 1983 as a partnership between the L.A. Police Department and the L.A. Public Schools. The idea was simple. Officers would go into the schools to talk to kids. They were supposed to boost the self-esteem of students so they can resist the temptation to use drugs. So... uh, I remember this very well. I remember we had that same plan in Knott County where mm-hmm. we grew up. There was a police officer. I believe his name was Willard Jacobs. Uh, Willard Jacobs. I believe that was his name. That's absolutely his name. And it's usually the sheriff of yes. the county that comes in and, and 
talks to the class. Yep. But I, I don't. I remember this guy. I remember him being a very nice man. Mm-hmm. But did he end up on drugs uh, later in the future, or was that just uh, probably because poppycock. he had to come and talk to kids at Beaver? He ended up on drugs. <laughs> I really don't know. That that would be very sad. That, I, know, I don't know if that was just something that people said just out of spite. Like, oh, Chris Hansen, the guy who catches predators, he's a predator now. Like, th- they'll say stuff like that. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying that Chris Hansen's a predator. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't paint him for me too. But they'll. They'll say things like, oh, the D.A.R.E. teacher that used to tell you to get off drugs is now on drugs. So I don't know if that was just poppycock that we were hearing or not. Well, you know, do you remember our D.A.R.E. graduation? Do you remember our D.A.R.E.? I remember D.A.R.E. graduation well. Okay, so, you know, I guess if people ever want to know why we turned out the way we did, we had a fist fight, y'all, during the morning of our D.A.R.E. graduation. Yeah, it was two females. Two females, uh, and they got into a physical altercation that morning. I remember D.A.R.E. graduation really well because one of our classmates cried at D.A.R.E. graduation. I was like, dude, you we're all going to... cry because he's graduating? Cry because he's graduating. I guess it it was just, he was just so emotional because we were graduating. I said, dude, we're going to be eating lunch together in about 30 minutes. It's not like we're going separate ways. But Dairy Graduation was cool. Yeah. It was a really cool program. They it would they would come in, the police officer, mm-hmm. they would get you out of class for yeah, an buddy. hour or two, which was yeah, always buddy. great. And it was once a week. Uh-huh. And Remember, didn't we have booklets? You would get booklets. You would get all kinds of cool things, like candy, suckers, all kinds of cool things. And then at the end of the program, they would have a graduation. Mm-hmm. And you would get a free t-shirt, and you would get a trophy. Yeah. Wait, we got D.A.R.E. trophies? Yes. Graduate, I don't remember D.A.R.E. That. graduation trophies. Uh, my daddy probably threw mine away. And a free t-shirt. But I do think that the lack of D.A.R.E. in schools or... The, a program like D.A.R.E. is the reason why a lot of kids are looking towards drugs. Well, it's kind of one of those things that it's like, you know, if we don't talk about it, maybe they won't see it. Well, that's absolutely not the case. We live in a world where if children see something, especially at home, and they have no counterpart for that, then obviously what are you going to think is right the rest of your life? I'm not going to sit here and say D.A.R.E. You know, D.A.R.E. is the reason I'm not on meth. But, you know... When I was at home, I was introduced to all these drugs. So, you know, at least going to school, I was able to be told, like, hey, maybe don't do that. Right. So it is sad that D.A.R.E. has gone away. They've not completely got rid of it. It's still around. They have this, they rebranded it. It's called Keeping It Real. Ah, come on. Get out of here. It's called Keeping It Real. Who are you keeping it real with? And that's what they're trying to say. They're just trying to go in and they completely reformatted it. I don't really know how D.A.R.E. is set up today, but... I think we should bring D.A.R.E. back to schools. Now, it's not going to keep kids off drugs, but I do think it will do nothing but help. I agree. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Stick with us. we got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Graduation time is approaching for all kinds of people. High schoolers, college kids, middle school kids, elementary kids. This might be the graduation anthem, right? Graduation by vitamin C. Uh, You know, I think it was back maybe in the dinosaurs age, like in the 90s and early 2000s when when we roamed the earth. I don't think the kids like it that much no more. It's got a good message behind it. It's it's a sad song, but it's 
Because graduation songs, yeah, a lot of them are inspirational, but they're sad because it is a time where you are leaving your friends, and it's a time where you you're saying goodbye for the final time a lot of the times. Yes. And you're not going to see them anymore. Yep. So listen to the words of this song, Graduation by Vitamin C. So this is just one of many. I'm sure you remember, Amber, our graduation song from our high school days. Oh, our high school graduation song? Not like our class song, but like the... Did we march out to a song? I don't I don't think you march out to graduation songs in high school. I think it's the Macho Man Randy Savage theme, but every class has has a theme. This was our high school senior class song, Nickelback Photograph. And I think the reason this was our song is because it was out no. at the time we were seniors. We actually have a story behind it. What? Um you know, anybody who knows me and, and, and obviously knows Adam, uh, we grew up together. And unfortunately, when we were in high school, we lost uh, one of our, uh, one of my dearest friends. And we chose this song to commemorate her. Uh, so she would always have a piece of, you know, being a part of the 2006 class. Okay. So I would say a lot of high schoolers or a lot of high schools do the same thing. They do. I think if you have any type of tragedy in your, in your graduating class, they try to emulate things maybe that person would like or a song that would be uh, fitting for them and this is this is not what I would have chosen to you know go with Amanda but this is what our class chose and we had uh, yeah that's not a really good song but I, I'm glad that we did that for her I did not know that yes I did not know that's why we had photographed by Nickelback as our class song because I was about to hate on it <laughs> well I mean I could still hate on it for days and days but there are tons of graduation songs that classes use. Yes. This is a big it's one. A this one it has been used a lot in the last 10 years. Wiz Khalifa, See You Again. Yes. And if you hear this song, you think of something. Mm-hmm. I think of Fast and the Furious, Paul Walker, Passing, Passing Away. Away. Yeah. That's where this song hits me. But a lot of high school seniors use this for their graduation song. Yeah. So it's funny, whatever you decide to use as your graduation song, it's forever going to be remembered as that to you. Yes. Always. Alright, what's some more famous graduation songs that you know of? Um, I mean, I absolutely, I sincerely do like our 8th grade graduation song, and that was The Calling, Wherever You Will Go. And I think that actually had a good message behind it. Is this it? This is absolutely it. Let's listen to what it says. We'll be there to take my place when I'm gone. Love. I think this is a little heavy for a bunch of middle school kids. Look at the Motley crew that was graduating with us. Come on. But it is crazy when you think about graduating. Like, for instance, let's go back to eighth grade. Yeah. When we were sitting there at graduation, we're there with our class that we've been with for years. Yes. And graduation is the absolute last time that you will be sitting with that group of people ever like that as a organized group. Yes. And I don't know that we've actually been in a room together, all of us, no. everyone that was in that room. I mean, obviously not. You know, we lost Amanda, so there's one person, you know, we'll never sit with in a room well, like even that. Even if we had a 25-year anniversary of 8th grade graduation, 
that would be the first time we all sat in the same mm-hmm. room together. And that goes for all kids that graduate. All right. I would say probably if I was to pick maybe besides vitamin C's graduation, I would say this might be a graduation song that a lot of kids use at their high school graduation. I hear this song a lot. The Leon Womack, I Hope You Dance. But, again, it's, it's all about the lyrics. So if you listen to the lyrics, it makes sense. So it's very cheesy stuff. If there was like a sub-level of cheesy. Here's another one. Now, either you think of the dog commercial that comes on at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was going to say. Where it's talking about sick puppies. Or you think about when Mick Foley retired in 2000 and they kept playing this song with his montage saying goodbye to him. <laughs> what about this song? Have you ever heard this song, Amber? This was big. The power and beauty. This song was big back in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's called Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. Yes. Trust me. This song, if you listen to the lyrics along on this song, it's got a lot of meaningful things you could take with you forever. Yes, it actually, and it sincerely was a speech that was given at a college graduation. A female had written it, and I think it got posted in a paper, and that's how it made its circulation around. And then, obviously, you know, this gentleman used his voice and catapulted it straight on out in the world. Let's listen to some of the lyrics from this song. Are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind. The kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead. Sometimes you're behind. The race is long. And in the end, Tony with yourself. So it's just stuff like that. Yeah. Just a lot of good advice just continuously said throughout the song. I think that's a great one. This is considered, out of a poll done on the Rolling Stones, to be the number one used graduation song in the entire country. Okay. You recognize this one? I do. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. All right, and then we have We Are Young, which is the one that I wish was our graduation song. I love this song. You know, I met that. I met him. Nate is his name. I watched him in concert, and he... uh, he cussed at my friend and told her to move. So every time I hear this song, I think about that. <laughs> a lot of high schoolers are using this as their graduation song. I think it's a good one to use. It represents just being young because you never had that feeling. You never are like that again. And you're only young once. Yeah. So this song really captures that, that magic. Every graduation that you have, whether it's middle school, high school, college, it's different. I'll never forget my high school graduation because I almost got into a fight with a lesbian. Uh, 
remember that. I was there. Yeah, she wanted to fight me because she thought you that... You were dating her girlfriend. No, I was not dating her girlfriend. <laughs> Guys, I, let's get the facts straight. I took her girlfriend out on a date, and I didn't realize that they were dating. And she confronted me at graduation, and... The thing about confronting somebody at graduation is that it's in front of the entire senior class, so that's that's never a good time. I think that one was well-deserved, guys, especially if you knew the girl he took out on a date. But I didn't realize that she... I, don't I, be messing around with women like that. It, you won't be, Don't start nothing, won't be nothing, and you started something with somebody that wouldn't know count. A lot of people that graduated this year or in 2020, they didn't get to have that regular feeling of graduating because it is a once in a lifetime feeling. High school, you do get that sense that you are growing up yeah. at your high school graduation. You do feel that sense of freedom. You you are sitting there and you feel like you're a, you're about to embark on something great at high school graduation because you are yes absolutely you're completely out of your away from your parents thumb you're not under their thumb anymore well but you know i'm so salty and i've been salty this whole time we've talked about graduations because you know i finally graduated college you did in 2020 you did guess what i didn't get to do you didn't get to go through with the graduation ceremony no and college no song for me but college is a little different in college you're sitting there and instead of feeling like you're on the brink of something great, you feel so lost at college graduation. You I feel so have. scared. I wouldn't have. You feel so nervous. You wouldn't have because you were at a you were you graduated at a different age. Yeah. If you graduated like the traditional student at 22 years old, think back to when you were 22. How lost and confused and dazed and confused were you I was gonna say, at age like 22? And, and also, sitting there at college graduation, you're sitting there with $20,000 in debt. You have no job. <laughs> you have no experience. All you have is a little college degree. I know, but you're saying that on the other side of this plexiglass as someone who got to participate in your college graduation. And I did not. So, obviously, we're going to see differently on that one. Now, they invited us to come and walk in the 2021, but I just don't think it's right walking with another class. Do you? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it's you're never you're never going to get that. And that's unfortunate that you're never going to get that college experience. Maybe if you go to grad school, you'll get it because I actually walked my graduate school graduation. Walked. I don't care what anybody says. I did. You walked? I sure did. And grade school graduation is it's kind of like who cares if you have it? Yeah. It's one of those things where you'll see these people, if not at high school, you'll see them down the street because everybody you go to middle school with <laughs> lives in your district. So that's just nice to have closure on something, I would say. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, that's what I would say uh, as far as just graduation. So congratulations to all those who are graduating very soon. We talked about prom is approaching. We talked about the last day of school approaching. And congratulations to all of those who are graduating very soon because it will be happening. And it's one thing to start school. It's another thing to finish it. Amber, before we go to break, I want to make mention of something. And this is kind of a downer. And it's actually a big downer. Kentucky, uh, unfortunately, lost one of their own. They lost a U.K. basketball player. Terrence Clark passed away in a car accident last Thursday. As a matter of fact, the accident happened right after we got off the air last Thursday. Yeah. It happened around 2.10 p.m. L.A. time. 
So what is that? Five ten here p.m. Kentucky time. So just thinking about him living the last moments of his life is while we're walking out the parking lot. Yes, and we're on the air literally while he's probably getting into his car from practice. That really just bothers me, and. It, the whole story is sad. The whole story was sad. They said that, and what's sad is everything's recorded these days. Yeah, Everybody's got a cell phone, so you can watch the entire accident on the internet. You can watch the aftermath of the accident on the internet. Sometimes you don't mean to do it. It just happens. You stumble upon it. That's what happened to me. I stumbled upon the accident online, and I seen the footage of the accident. Terrence Clark Yes, he was flying off the face of the earth. He was absolutely flying, and he ran a red light. It looked like that he was trying to make the light. He was either thinking that he could make it. That's probably what he was thinking. Yeah. Because what happened is when he went past the red light, he clipped a car, which caused no damage to the car he clipped, and that person didn't get hurt. But it caused Terrence's Clark, or Terrence Clark's car to veer right, and it spun went straight into a pole. Mm. No mercy, no give at who who can tell how fast he was going, 80, 90 miles per hour. I don't think he was properly wearing his seatbelt. And on the video, you see BJ Boston, who was apparently in the car behind Clark, walked up on the scene. He's not wearing a T-shirt because they just left the facility. Yeah. And you see him look inside the car. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. And then you see Terrence Clark's mother come up on the scene. Mm. And this is all on the video that I watched. Yeah. And you can hear her crying out. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that would be like. But... Life is so fragile, and that kid, 19 years old, had his entire life snuffed out of him. He had the world by the coattails. He just signed a contract with an agency so he could go pro and play in the NBA. His dreams were right in front of him, Mm -hmm. right in front of him, and they disappeared. He passed away. Life is not promised to anyone. Age has nothing to do with death. We think we have all of this time. We think we have 30. We think we have 40, 50 years because we're young. Terrence Clark didn't even have five more minutes last Thursday at age 19 years old. And it made me start reflecting back on how we treat players when they come to Lexington and play for Kentucky. Some of the behavior that our fans have with these kids is uncalled for. Yeah, And you can go on Twitter and you can see it for yourself. These kids come and play basketball, and then you got a 40-year-old grown man getting on Twitter and getting mad and saying ungodly things to these kids because they decide maybe that they want to go pro or they want to transfer or maybe they had a bad game. And then you got these 40, 50-year-old grown men mm-hmm. getting online and talking so bad and so down to these kids. Mm-hmm. And then you have somebody like Terrence Clark who passed away and... He was a prime example of someone who was not treated well by fans here at Kentucky. Yeah, Fans treated him so poorly. And you can go on Twitter and you can look at the deleted tweets that are off of Terrence's profile from people who deleted their tweets from talking bad about him. Wow. So if anyone took anything out of this horrible accident, 
It should be to treat these children, these kids, these 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old young men with more respect Mm -hmm. because none of us have days promised. Nobody has a day promised. And at the end of the day, these are kids. And the way we treat people and the way we talk to people, that might be the last thing you ever get to say to them. So just because you don't know these kids and they play ball for the team that you like gives you no right to treat them bad because now a lot of people felt really horrible when they got online and they seen how bad they treated Terrence because Terrence ain't here anymore. So let that be a lesson for anyone who thinks that they want to get on and talk a little smack to a basketball player at UK because he had a bad game. I completely agree with you on that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words. Stick with us. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also with me. The 93rd Annual Academy Awards happened this past Sunday, and they worked around the global pandemic by shooting inside of Union Station, which is a multi-level auditorium. This year's Oscars was a lot different than what we usually see. We usually see out we usually see a jam-packed auditorium. Yes. We have been in that auditorium. Mm-hmm. We have stood on that stage you and I both have. It's in the Kodak Theater. But this year's Oscars was pretty bad. Aha, uh-huh. you're still being nice. I mean, it was it was terrible. The nominees for the Academy Awards, Amber, they it's really cool to be nominated for an Oscar. It's a career booster when you're nominated for an Oscar. It yeah. really does boost your career. But you always feel bad for Oscar winners that that don't win their Oscar because you feel like, oh my gosh, all that hype for nothing. You yeah. got nominated. No, just being nominated alone can help your career. Yeah. But did you know that the nominees for the Academy Awards... They get these things called swag bags. Oh. Yes. And these swag bags aren't your little gift bags that you go into, these little conferences that you go in for work. Like pens and koozies. Koozies and pencils. No. These swag bags are valued at more than $200,000. Oh, you hush. So inside of these swag bags, here's what this year's nominees got inside of their swag bags, estimating to be worth... Over $200,000, approximately $205,000. Okay. So in their swag bags, you're going to see many health and wellness-oriented products and services. They include a concierge of vitamin therapy for hangovers, a 24-karat vape pen, a sleep tracker headband, free personal training, liposuction sessions for (laughs) celebrity arms, Uh, There are also free stays at stunning resorts, notably to Sweden's secluded Pater Noster Hotel, a former lighthouse converted to a nine-room luxury hotel. Inevitably, there are less glamorous items in the swag bag, like $20 games, face masks, socks, other vitamins, grocery store biscuits, candles, and energy potassium broth. So... (laughs) Estimated to be worth approximately $205,000 this year. Can you believe that they get that much stuff 
in their swag bag. You know, here's what I'm going to say, and this is going to be all I'm going to say about it. But if you're going to spend about $205 estimate, or I'm sorry, $205,000 estimated on each one of these swag bags, you mean to tell me y'all can't put on a better production than what y'all put out? It was pretty M- bad. Maybe reel in your swag bags. <laughs> reel in the swag bags yeah. and put more money. But let's go ahead and take it. You know what? Let's take the lipo out. You know, let's go ahead and take that lipo option out. I don't really know what they could have done to make the production better because it was produced. Maybe send everybody who watched it that $205,000 swag bag. That'd been the only way. It started out looking like a movie was about to come on, which when you see things like that, it's that costs money because... A movie picture, you know why it looks different than just a regular camera? Because it's probably a $100,000 camera they're using. And Regina King was walking out to present the first award, and they followed her, and they had opening credits. So it started off looking like it was going to be a really cool show, and then three or four minutes passed, and I was like, (laughs) wow, this is bad. There was no music to play people off, so people kept talking over and over and over, saying unnecessary things. It was very political. Yeah. A lot of political agenda was pushed. I always bragged about the Oscars because that was the one award show where they left politics out and they didn't make the performances based off the politics. It was yeah. just based off the performance. But I feel like a lot of winners won because of their race and because of their gender, because lack of Asian uh, characters winning Oscars. There was uh, a record number of Asian uh, people that won Oscars this yeah. year. So, was that a coincidence or is that being political? Now, I haven't seen any of these movies that won, so maybe they did deserve it, but it makes me question were these political agendas being pushed? Is that how the winners de- were determined or were these winners truly the winners? of the Academy Awards? I think that's a valid question, sincerely, because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking of all the movies that came out in 2020, and we know that production values were just not that... They weren't there in 2020 because we 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 were at a standstill for how long? Productions were delayed. They were canceled. So, you know, I just wonder about the entire quality, you know, of the work, and that just goes to show, like, maybe when things aren't working out, you know, in this case, we were not putting out quality production that the Oscars normally would be dealing with, why do we continue to have these types of award shows when we did not have the variety that we normally had? And I'm not saying that because minorities you know, took home the gold. I'm saying that because nobody had a fair chance. Nobody. I get we want fair for everyone, but you, it can't... It, there was no way. They also didn't play any clips of the nominees' work. You know how they'll come out and they'll say, Meryl Streep nominated for this, and then yeah. they'll play a little clip of her movie? So at least you see, kind of. So, so you see at least a little bit what the movie was about. They had none of that. Mm. So that really hurt categories like makeup, for yeah. instance. Makeup is a big Oscar because y- when you see somebody who looks like just a, like somebody who's got you know, who's 20 years old and the makeup people make them look like a 90-year-old man, that's yeah. talent. That's yes, that's a lot of work. But you don't get to see what the makeup artist did to make them transition into that person or transform them into that person. You didn't get to see any type of picture or video. You just had the person that came out and gave the... Presented the the person who presented the award yeah. just read off the teleprompter. So you mean to tell me in the day and age when we're pushing things like Zoom and and, and digital conferences, uh, uh, we can't even keep streaming going with the Oscars? They couldn't stream their own like content. Apparently not. So here are some of the winners 
of the big categories. Best Picture, we'll start with that. It went to Nomad Land. Actress in a Supporting Grow went to Yu Jong Yoon for Mineria. Actor in a Supporting Grow went to Daniel Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, if you don't know who that guy is, he was the guy from Get Out. Okay, okay. Actor in a Supporting Grow, Daniel Kal- Well, we already said that. Documentary short was Colette. Documentary feature was My Octopus Teacher. Original song was Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Animated film was Soul. Adapted screenplay was The Father. Original screenplay was Promising Young Woman. Actor in a leading row, Anthony Hopkins won for The Father. And that's how they ended the show. They ended the show with Actor in a Leading Row. I've never heard of them ending the show with that category. It was always Best Picture. But they ended it with that one. And he wasn't even there. I think he was actually with Selma Hayek drinking and dancing, which sounds so much more fun than what he would have been dealing with if he would have went to yeah, the Yeah, I don't think he was a big fan of going to the Oscars because they didn't make anybody wear masks. Mm. And Anthony Hopkins is, what, 120 years old? So he realized that he was a high-risk guy to go to the Oscars. So and plus he was with Selma Hayek. So thank you, Vic. Yeah. Actress in a leading row. Actress in a leading row. Frances McDormand. Did you know that was her third Oscar? Hmm, third Oscar. Not. She's in great company. She's in company like Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson. People like that. So there's not many people who have won three Oscars. So she's won three Oscars. Frances McDormand. Chloe Zahora won for Best Director. Production design went to Mank. And cinematography went to Eric Messerschmitt Mank. Uh, or Eric Mesterment. Costume design was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. <laughs> Achievement in sound is Sound of Metal. I want to watch that movie. It's about this heavy metal guy who yeah. loses his hearing. Oh. Yeah. Well. I want to hear. He's a musician that loses his hearing and he plays heavy metal. I do want to see that one. Animated short film was If Anything Happens, I Love You. Live action short film, Two Distant Strangers. Original score was Soul. Visual effects was Tenet. And film editing was Sound of Metal. And finally, makeup and hairstyling was Mulraney's Black Bottom. But a terrible Oscars, I will say this. But ladies and gentlemen, it is that time to take Off the Cuff's Song of the Week. It is a nasty day outside in Lexington, but maybe it's not where you're at or wherever that may be. So roll down the windows if it is pretty and enjoy a little New Americana by Halsey. I love this song. Do you like it, Amber? I've not heard it, so. It's good. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll be right back after the song, everyone. love it when I am able to give away free things on the radio. Me and too. We are very excited because it is now that time to do that. Yay! So for those who are just now tuning in, you better do this right now in order to be considered. Is there still time, Amber, or have you cut off the closing for the drawing? If we get one in like 30 seconds. Okay, so let's just cut it off. Okay. Let's just cut it off because we've already got the names into the uh, cup. So this is what we are drawing for. Amber has started a... Instagram page, Get Moving Weight Loss. She started it a couple months ago, and she is currently actively pursuing a personal training license. Yes. And 
We've already talked about her going into professional wrestling. So much stuff going on with her. But she's having a giveaway on her Get Moving Weight Loss uh, page. And tell us about some of the items that you're going to be giving away. Um, so, you know, Get Moving Weight Loss, the, the mission about it is being able to work out at home. So that's something I took into consideration. So I went and I picked up all of the things that I use at home because for people who don't know, I've lost over 230 pounds um, and naturally. And you're going to give away some of the stuff that you use to help you lose that exactly. weight. Exactly. Which um, is what? So I've got a full body band. I've got resistance tubes and I have uh, mini bands or mini loops, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then I have some one pound weights. And not only do you get all of this stuff shipped straight to your front door for no cost, um, I will personally show you how to use every piece of equipment um, in the box that you get. Excellent. And are you sure you want to give all of that away for free? <laughs> for free, yes. I just want to make sure that people know uh, Get Moving Weight Loss is here to help. All tips, advice, uh, workouts posted uh, daily, sometimes weekly. Uh, just want to make sure people know that there are alternative options for for weight loss out there without breaking the budget. All right, let's do it without any further ado, ladies shake and gentlemen. It up real let's good. shake it like a Polaroid picture. Here we go. And the winner of the Get Moving Ooh. Weight Loss giveaway is Melissa Rollins. 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 That's, yay! Melissa Rollins, I'm assuming. Melissa Hall Rollins. Okay, Melissa Rollins, congratulations to you. What does she have to do? Contact? Is um, I'll be in contact with her, and if she does not claim her prize, maybe, maybe we'll do a special drawing tomorrow on Off the Cuff. Okay, maybe we page. can do that. All yeah. right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We got one more segment to go. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also with me. Last segment of the hour. Last week, we celebrated our 100th radio broadcast, and we celebrated with a cake. Amber and her husband, Wiley, surprised me with a 100th radio broadcast cake. I was, that was an interesting cake. I, was, I just want to... just. I want to go on record for anybody who saw the handwriting on that cake. We did not ask for symbols. <laughs> I'm not really for sure what happened. Well, that's what I was wanting to talk about. <laughs> I, if anybody's seen the picture of the cake that I got from Amber and Wiley, the the bless her heart, the woman who the, the woman who made the cake, she I don't think she wrote a a lot of cursive when she was in grade school. Well, you know, my papa used to tell me, Cece, you're going to have to get a little smarter than that. And um, I think if she's going to continue this uh, career path she's on with writing on cakes, Cece going to have to practice a little bit yeah, harder. And, she, and she's going to have to practice her cursive writing. And cursive writing, it's a beautiful way to write. Yes. I mean, for the longest time, we used to be required to learn how to write in both print and cursive. I actually still only write in cursive. Really? Yes, I do. I, now, obviously, I'll print things, but for the most part, no. I guess I have like this hybrid like print cursive mix that goes on. Okay. But you don't, you don't sign in? Cursive? I, I sign in cursive, but that's it. My signature is in cursive, yeah. but I don't write in cursive. I remember when I took the GRE years ago, I had to write a paragraph in cursive. They made you copy a paragraph, and they said you must write it in cursive. And it had been years since I wrote in cursive. So I had so many swiggles <laughs> on my page because I had forgot. And I was sitting there thinking about what do these kids do that have never been 
made to write in cursive. When we were in school, we had to learn how to write in cursive yes. on the board. If you looked above the board, you know how they had the ABCs mm-hmm. and the one, two, threes? They had the ABCs in cursive. They did. They didn't have the ABC in print. No. It was in cursive. Mm-hmm. When you wrote your stories, when you wrote any type of writing mm-hmm. in school, in grade school, in high school, it had to be in cursive. It did. When did they stop doing cursive writing in school? I feel like that was something that's happened in the last like five maybe six, seven years. I don't think it's has been like a long-term thing that they've not been requiring cursive. But I think it's very sad that we no longer... Because it's beautiful. It's, it, it's a beautiful way to write a language that we know is so complicated. Like, at least we add a little beauty to it. Right. And they said the reason that cursive even exists is because a lot of our historical documents were written in cursive. Notes uh, for like the Declaration of Independence. They say note-taking is really easy if you Mm -hmm. do it in cursive. They say anytime you want to do a to-do list, you can get it done quicker in cursive. And older generations used to write in cursive. When they wrote letters, they would write in cursive. So they wanted the new generation to be able to read a lot of that old stuff. And I take pride in knowing how to write in cursive and read cursive because that is something that kids today don't know how to do. No. And, you know, when I was... Now, I will go ahead and say I think that, you know, maybe it has been a little longer they've stopped. Because I know in some of my college classes, you know, when I went back, I would write a lot of my notes in cursive. And I, I found that a lot of the kids would like be like, hey, what's this word? Hey, what is this? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? What is that word? But so it's so bizarre, though, that cursive existed one day. It was so popular and prevalent. And now today it's not. Really, any type of handwriting is is not popular. Almost obsolete. Did you know that handwriting is no longer taught in schools? Like physical handwriting? No. They do not teach. Well, kindergarten and first grade, they'll teach it, but they don't have any type of handwriting past that. Oh, that's sad. No longer do they do spelling either. Like... No spelling tests, no spelling classes. So why do I have this crippling anxiety? Because I was forced to get up and spell words in front of people who were going to make fun of me, and now we done away with it they after st- all these years? They still might have spelling tests every now and then, but do you remember we used to have a class, spelling class? Yes, and we had to get up and physically spell words in front of other members of our class. Not anymore. And I think because of the widespread of technology, Google, and it's so easy accessible to look things up, you don't have to have a dictionary anymore. You can just Google things. I think that that's the reason why they gave up on that and with handwriting. And it makes sense. I think that typing needs to be taught more than handwriting if we had to pick. But I do think if I had it my way, we would teach both. I think basic fundamentals in life, you need to teach handwriting, spelling, writing, instead of this core content crap that public schools lay on their students all the time. You mean like the math? Learn, the new way they want you to do math? And just math in general. So much stuff that we don't even use. Why are we taking out the things that we do use? Like language. Uh-huh. Why are we taking out handwriting and spelling? Foreign languages. If if we're going to add something to the curriculum, don't add another algebra class. Add a foreign language class. Look how many mm-hmm. f- native tongues we have living Amongst us. Amongst us. And, and and the fact that people have so strayed in wanting to just have educational value. Like, I just like to know things. 
Like, just know things. Like, yeah, I understand I have a smartphone and I can look up anything I want, but don't you like to hit people with a little razzle-dazzle when you know something right off your head? Yes. That's the best feeling in the world. Yes, I do. And people, you ask me if I sign my name in cursive, I do, but a lot of people aren't even required to sign their name by writing it. They can digitally sign it. It's so sad. That's why you see a lot of people with bad penmanship these days. I have beautiful penmanship. You, on the other hand. I don't. I never was blessed with good penmanship, and it makes no sense because we had to write a lot. (laughs) Handwriting was, in fact, taught when we were in school. But that's why you see your granny and your papa always having really good penmanship because that's all they had. had. If they wrote a note, they had to write it. They could not type anything. A letter, it had to be written. Mm -hmm. So writing was the way that they had to communicate. It just was. It just it just was. So I think that it's just sad that we are living in a world where handwriting is no longer taught at schools. I mean, we're not teaching dare. We're not teaching handwriting. Like, what do we even need the school for? Oh, that was such a joke. But in all sincerity, like, how much more are we going to take away from the children? How many more iPads are we going to shove in kids' hands and call it convenience? All right, ladies and gentlemen. So much happening this week. The NFL Draft is live tonight at 8 o'clock. We'll talk about those results next Thursday. It's also Derby Weekend this weekend. Do you have a pick on a horse? I'll have to take a gander at them. You'll have to take a gander at the horses and the jockeys. I'm big on the jockeys. Yeah. Yes, it's like a basketball team and their coach. (laughs) I'm big on the coach. I am big on the jockeys, whoever is riding the horse. Yeah. But that is happening this weekend, Saturday, May the 1st, as a matter of fact. So we got a lot to talk about next week. I'm so glad that you joined us today for our episode. You can follow Off the Cuff on Instagram and Facebook at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. You can follow the co-host, Amber, at Ambu447. You can follow me, the host, at The Adam Banks. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. You can subscribe to our podcast to listen to all of our previous episodes. Our podcast is wherever podcasts can be streamed. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next Thursday from 4 to 5. We'll catch you down the road. Have very interesting sounds. All the girls fall into ruin, drop 